Thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, Sharon from uh, Cape Cod Writers Studio here. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Pat Flaherty, and uh, she's one of our world travelers. So that's how she started out. And we're welcome, welcome, Pat. Thanks for coming in today. My and pleasure. <laughs> okay. So the first thing we kind of decided ahead of time, we would talk about her travels because that's how I met her. So would you like to tell us a little bit about that, Pat? Sure. Um, well, I, I guess I've always liked to travel. When I was in my early 20s, a girlfriend of mine, uh, we are still best friends to this day, even though we got on a Yugoslavian freighter in 1969 and traveled to Europe. <laughs> And so luckily I met and married somebody that loves to travel. So particularly since we've retired and we can go for longer periods of time, we do travel. We've been to all seven continents. And we also, well, usually we go on a cruise. Um, and, and of course the older you get, the easier that is because they do everything for you. And so um, our most recent trip, we were in South America when uh, the pandemic hit. So we were supposed to get off in Peru and luckily they closed their borders and we, the ship couldn't get in. Now our ship was safe. We had no sickness on our ship. So we were, we were good. And we had plenty of food and drink because they were supposed to pick people up, which they didn't do in Peru. So finally our captain just said, we're going north and we're going to try to get through the Panama Canal and we're going to drop you all off in Miami, <laughs> which he did and 10 days later. So our cruise was extended for another 10 days and we couldn't have been happier because everybody on the ship, we were having a ball and um, we were nervous about getting off the ship because we weren't sure. It was March 23rd. So we weren't sure what we were going to find. Well, but yeah. we did, we got off, we got into, you know, flew straight home to Boston and without any, you know, problems at all, got home and started quarantining for, <laughs> for the next year. <laughs> but at least you got out of, you know, where you were, you were in Peru, I mean, at least you yeah. stayed there. Yeah. yeah, we dodged a bullet because if we had gotten into Peru, when they closed the borders, we would have been stuck. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that we we were a day later. You know, they closed the or they closed the borders a day earlier than we were supposed to arrive, which was great. Oh. So it worked out. But anyway, we we that was our most recent. But we've done it around the world. We've been down the uh, Suez Canal. We've been through the Panama three times now. That was our third time through the Panama when we were coming home from that South America trip. So yeah, we just, we really love it. We've got three trips booked. Whether they'll actually go or not, we don't know. And we're not getting on any ship unless everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, that, so we've been kind of close to home for over a year now. Yeah, well, I can't say that I'm disappointed because I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know, <laughs> I am glad. But you also do other things uh, now that you're back home. And I think this is a passion that you yeah. have and you've had it for a long time. You're a genealogist. I am, and I've, I started, and I don't know where this came from, but I started getting interested in it 
probably in the late 60s. So I was, you know, in my early 20s or the late teens, early 20s. And I just, I asked a lot of questions and it, those were the days before the internet. So you had to write to places if you wanted a birth or death or marriage certificate. And it was, you just asked family members, you know, you, you kind of wrote everything down and you hoped that they would remember things correctly. And you, you know, you just were grasping at everything, but it always fascinated me. And um, so then when the internet arrived and, and things started popping up there, it was just a treasure trove. And now, and I'm 100% Irish. Well, the Irish, I went over there in 82 with, I took my parents. I had been there in, in, on that 1969 trip on the Yugoslavian freighter. We got off and traveled through Europe. And so I took my parents, who neither had been to Ireland, and my father is first generation, his parents were born there. And um, I got over there and we found his first cousin and you know, where his father, we found the people living where his you know, relatives, where his father lived, and where his, where his, where his mother lived. And of course, I was like NBC of the time. I had, you know, a, a camera, a cassette tape recorder, and a movie camera. And um, I'd be asking all kinds of questions. And they were a little suspicious of me. I'm not, they were like, what do you want to be asking that for? What do you want to be knowing that for? <laughs> but anyway, I, Ireland has stepped up to the plate, and they have a lot of records online now, and you can do a lot of free and they put them up there and a lot of them are free which is nice yeah wow it's never finished i'm always finding more things okay and um now i also know that here you you run a genealogy group well i belong to the cape cod genealogy society and the cape cod genealogy society has several special interest groups we call them we call them sigs and um, there's a German one, a computer one, um, a writing SIG, and there's an Irish SIG. And so there was a woman, Pat Cunhannon, who was just a treasure. She recently died, and but she had run this group for 18 years. And so she, when she was failing, before she died, about a year or so before she died, she asked me if I would take it over, and so I did. And um, of course I traveled, so, then I can only do it when I was here in the summer. And so, but now with, with the Zoom and COVID, I, I can do it from any place. So, um, so I've been doing that now, I think since about 2018, maybe 2019, I can't remember. But it's once a month and um, people can come and we have, I try to have a topic at least. And, um, but mostly it's the discussion and for people new to genealogy or veterans to ask questions if they've reached what we call brick walls where they, they need some help. And um, usually on the Zoom calls, I'm getting more people on Zoom than I did in the Dennis Court Public Library because we met in the same room that the writing studio. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so we'd get 10 or 12 people. Now I can get in the T, uh, almost up to 20 sometimes. Oh, well, on a Zoom call. On a Zoom call, yeah, yeah, because you don't have to be, you don't have to be on the cave. You can be from anywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so that I love too. Yeah, so, but now your genealogy has kind of slid into a book. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't have any kids, but I have a lot of cousins. 
and they all, and I'm the oldest of the 21 cousins from my grandmother, my, my mother's mother, yeah. She had three kids and that produced 21 children. Oh, okay. So um, everybody keeps saying, well, well, you know, they ask me questions and then they, you know, but I know these people, I've been living with these people for more than 50 years. I know these people you know, because I've done all their research. So finally, I and I, I hated to just write something down saying they were born here at this date, and then they got married, and then they had kids, and then they died. So I'm trying to, I wanted to do something that would be more interesting. So, and I must say, I, I have to give credit to Walter Murphy, who is the president of Cape Cod Genealogy Society. He, he wrote a letter to his grandmother and he put it in and we have a journal that, the, uh, that comes out twice a year and, and it was a and I read that letter and it just a light bulb went off and I thought that's the focus that I need is to write to somebody to tell them what's going on so I'm writing a letter to each of my grandparents and I started my with my mother's mother who we called mom because she lived with us I, I was her first grandchild, you know, we were close. And she was my first stop when I was getting interested in genealogy, although she didn't give up everything. <laughs> she, she gave me most of the information that I, I had in the beginning. So I started with her and I'm gonna write and tell her about her great grandparents who she never knew who they were. And then I'll go and do my grandfather, her husband, and then I'll do, um, my parent, my father's um, parents as well. But the, the people that I started with were the ones I have the most information on. So they will take the longest and, and they're the most fun for me because I really feel like I know these people. And these are the people that I now live in Boston, a half a mile from where they settled in 1851. Oh, see, that's, that's so special. Yeah, I know you've yeah. added that too. Um, yeah. That's a very unique way to do a, almost a family history, which is basically right. what you're doing. Which is what it is, yeah. But it, it's the fact that you're writing to the to these, you know, grandparents yeah. makes it uh, real. Yes, and it gives me a focus. Right, and I know you've read some of your chapters in the group and it's I have. beautiful. And they, as a reader, uh, and I know as a writer, but as we listen to you and how, you know what you're writing, it brings them alive for us. So you know it, it isn't you're not writing this basically just for your family. It's going to be, I think, um, it might be a memoir for um, a lot of other people too to read because. Well, yeah, it, it could be if people are interested in genealogy, you might give them a model to to use. And what I like about reading it in, in, in the writing studio rather than a genealogy writing group is that I want to make sure that anybody that reads it is, that is not a genealogist will enjoy it as well. And so that helped, they really helped me, the group really helps me to see things that I need to explain further that somebody that's not a genealogist may not get, you know. So that I, that's really been very useful. Yeah, I know. I've heard the I've heard them ever say we want to know more about that. <laughs> Good, you know, it's, yeah. it's because it does give you. You have to expand it. If you just give facts, it's going to be dry as dust. Right. That's right. 
yeah. so you are expanding it and I, I think that's you know I, I've listened to it and I really enjoyed it so I well think- and I try to give a sense of what was happening they all were in Boston so what was happening in Boston at the time and you know what was the atmosphere that, that they were living through and what things happened like the great fire in 1872 oh, almost all my ancestors lived within a half a mile of that fire I mean that was pretty darn close and um, you know so what were they thinking you know just to try to get in their heads yeah and not only that but um, how risky that yeah. was because they were you know fire and though we didn't have the controls that we have now right you know um the hoses and the pressure and to, to stop a fire so it could have easily spread oh yeah yeah they were very lucky that it they stopped it at the old south church which still stands at the corner of milk and washington streets but that that they were lucky that they were able to stop it at yeah. that it devastated quite a few of the buildings too, didn't it? It did. It's the whole downtown crossing area. And that was always the shopping district, even back then. And it was that was just flattened. And then it went in, it went went south to the, I guess east really, to the um through the financial what is now the financial district as well. Yeah, so that's oh, yeah. You know, and and that's nice because people that aren't familiar with Boston at at all uh, get a chance to see how it was shaped and formed right that's right so all the buildings in that area are not as are not from colonial boston they're all from victorian boston because Uh everything was rebuilt after that fire and what year was that 1872 Uh it was a year after the chicago fire was in 1871 wow they blamed it on Mrs. O'Leary's cow out there. Yeah, because she kicked the bucket over. <laughs> right. But in Boston, it was what they had warehouses, a lot of warehouses. And they think that it started in one of the warehouses. And it was, a, I think it was a Saturday night, but it was a night that people weren't around, you know, it wasn't during the middle of the week. So it, it, a spark. Who knows? I mean, you know, everybody smoked back then. Yeah. yeah. Buildings were wood. Fire was a real hazard in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I remember reading about, well, uh, the San Francisco fire, too. They had that. I mean, that earthquake. Yeah. And that promote that had all these fires that happened along with that. Yeah. That was in 1906. Yeah. A little little okay. But still just as dangerous. Yeah, and and again, they didn't have the equipment that we do now. So that you know, we get a glimpse of history too, which is really really nice. And yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping to do. So I'm I'm thinking if I finish everything as a first draft, I'll go back and maybe see if I can add more of the history to it too. But I just want to get a first draft done. That's my goal right now. And it's not easy because I get lost in the research. Oh, of course you would. Yeah, I can't, I can't, sometimes I can't stop. It's an addiction. (laughs) I just find out a little more, well, I wonder what, if that was happening here, what was happening over here? You know, you just start putting all these things together and it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just look that up and then I'll go back to writing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
it, it's coming out nicely. It really Thank is. You. You're going to add photos too. Yes, I also have. A, uh, I'm going to have a section, and my first, um, my first family is the Fitzpatricks, and they came over from Queens County, Ireland. So what what I'm doing, I have an outline that I put together. But what I'm going to do is I'll do a narrative. I have a family a chart, you know, that shows the family and their children. And then I'm going to do a, um, a a section that I'm calling the Fitzpat their world. What was their world like? And so I will then put copies of the census records that I have found them in. Um, you know, sometimes a death certificate if it's if it's something different. You know, anything that I think might be um, interesting for the reader to prove what I'm saying is accurate. That's the other thing you always want to tell people when you think this is what happened but you can't prove it yeah. but if you can prove it then that's that that you need to show that proof neat okay well pat that's awesome um now do you have anything that you would like to say to fellow writers or fellow genealogists before we leave <laughs> um well i mean i just think that it's um the genealogy thing is either you love it or you don't. And I think that people that love it just, you can't do any, you can't give them any encouragement because they don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's yeah. a and um, it just, so, it's something that you can't, you, you keep wanting to find out these things. And I'm not sure where that comes from. It's just, a, like I said, it's almost an, an addiction sometimes. Sure, I mean, you look at, you read, Every time I read something about Boston, I'm thinking, now who was alive at that time, and what were they doing, and where were they, and did this affect them? You know, it just comes automatically, and maybe that's because I've been just doing it, doing it for such a long time. But I always had that in my head. The other thing about genealogy is that you always have more questions because, as you gather more information, then you have more questions because you didn't ask those questions 20 years earlier because you didn't have that information. This is true. No, very, yeah. very true. Yeah, very true. So that's why there's always more. And I always say, why didn't I ask my grandmother more questions? Well, I asked her what questions based on what I knew at the time. Yeah. So as I got more information, I wish she was still around because I could ask her a lot more questions. But anyway, but I do love it. And it keeps me busy and it keeps my mind active. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're very happy that you, you know, give us, gave us that much information. Um, can you think of anything else we should say before we close? I don't think so. I'm hoping that this book gets done at some point, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep, keep prodding along and just and I've got one more section I'm going to read to the group tomorrow. And then I'll have the first first section done. And then I can start moving on to the next. Yeah, because you'll have, what, four sections? I have got on this first, and this is just one grandmother. Right. I have got six sections because I'm doing her mother's grandparents, her father's grandparents, her mother's parents so that's three and then her father's 
grandparents, her father's, her, her uh, grandma, you know, her, on her father's side, the same thing, the mother and father. But the thing is, on his, on my grandmother's father's side, I don't have as much information on, on his, on his grandparents because they never came to the U.S. So I have stuff I, I can probably get a little information in Ireland. But the nice thing about the my grandmother's mother's side of the family is they came to the U.S. They came to Boston. Boston has great records. And so I've been very fortunate that I've been able, you know, to find out a lot about their lives because they came in the family. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, thanks, hon. Thank you so well, much. Well, thank you, Sharon, for having me. Yeah, it was great. And it I know fun. Yeah, it was fun. And we got a lot of information. So thanks, everyone. Um, I'm going to click off, but you can stay there. Okay. Okay, so we're going to stop the recording. Mm -hmm.